All right. So we're coming to the end of our two-part series about when things go bad in session. And so particularly we're going to talk about like when it's the end of that session. It's been a rough one. And so we've got three questions we're going to try and answer on this to help you out. You know, how should a therapist think about that? Think about themselves, think about the case. What should they say to the therapist? What should they say to the client? What should they even be saying to themselves? And finally, how do you end it? Get up out of your chair, hit leave meeting on Zoom. And how do you leave that case in that moment? Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. So yeah, Ryan, we're going to talk about answering these questions. How should you think? What should you, what should you say? How do you finally end that session? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, if you're going to do this kind of work, if you're going to take the risk, just like our clients, you know, we ask our clients to take a risk. We're also taking a risk to come in and choose an, an experiential model um, that can go sideways that we, we're, it's a, it's a low control model in many ways. And um, we, people, people don't hire us because it's going good, right? It's, and so th these things are going to happen. I'll tell you, and, and I'm going to give a shout out here. This has been one of the biggest shifts of my career, and it happened about 10 years ago. I'm terrible with dates, so it might have been a little less or more, but roughly. And so I'm working with, you know, I went through a season, future podcast here. I went through a season where burnout pursuers wore me out. I just did not, my, their, their strategy, protection strategies were just way better than my ability to work with protection at that point in my career. I'm sure I'm the only one, but by burnout pursuers, I mean the people who constantly fought for connection and one day made a vow and the chips turned and they, and they turned into functionally a withdrawal in the moment. And it's very, very confusing. It's, it's a difficult energy to work with. So long story short, I'm working with this couple. And I'm in maybe session seven and this uh, withdrawer who'd never opened up in like, I don't know, 500 years, this part vampire or something. And uh, anyway, so I, he, he finally drops and it was really touching, big tears and really sharing deeply, you know, and I made the classic EFT mistake. I think I've told this story before, maybe. Anyway, I made the classic EFT mistake of being like, I think this is about to go well. <laughs> And so this withdrawer turns to their pursuer, who's a burnout pursuer, and shares just like I asked them to. And she doesn't even hardly look at him. She just comes after me. Big, vulgar words, lots of volume. What am I effing doing? What do I think I'm doing? This is stupid. And I was just like, so I was on my heels. You know, and I just ended up confronting this person back, you know, and it's like, great job, Ryan. You just, you know good job you had a junior high response to a clinical situation anyway so long story short i'll call my buddy kenny sanderford over in nashville i'm sure he's gonna remember this but i'm like hey i will drive to nashville <laughs> and facilitate for free all week on my own dime my expenses is one of like 100 repeats of externship for me uh, if you'll give me five minutes to talk to gail palmer gail palmer one of the original eft years with with sue 
and we're sitting at lunch. She's eating salad. I'm sure she doesn't remember. And I just told her what happened and she kind of giggled, you know, and, and uh, between bites of lettuce, she goes, well, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of your fault, Ryan. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. Tell me how. And she goes, well, you know, you want it more than you want it more than she does. And that's the problem. You know, you kind of came in there with an agenda of what you want to see happen with their relationship. And therapists with agendas tend to be inflexible therapists. Therapists with agendas tend to be rigid. They struggle with attunement. They struggle to pivot. They struggle to keep focus. The whole point of this podcast. That was a great lesson for me. She said, look, when you get that kind of response, you got to respond. You got to reflect it, you know, with something like, hey, okay, that was a lot. This has just been too much for you. And maybe you can't do this anymore. Right. And you know, that's, and then we'll see where she is. And I'm like, okay, what do you think will happen? And Gail says, I have no idea. That's the point, Ryan. I need you to be okay with it either. <laughs> like I'm a slow learner, Gail. And uh, she said, but here's what will probably happen. Um, you know, there's X percent. Uh, she said some percentage, like, you know, 20% or something. She might get up and leave. Or she may say, yeah, I'm done with their relationship. But the majority of the time, when you open the door for a client, they actually sit back down. At some level, if she really didn't want to be there, then she wouldn't be. Now, she's not completely burnt out or they, you know, she didn't get lost on the way to the lawyer's office. Right. So what she needs you to do is to see that her responding to her withdrawers, new vulnerability felt like a trap to you. I'm sorry, felt like a trap to her and you were setting her up and that was the response you got. Slow it down. All the good things we know about EFT. What are you hearing with that, James? I like that. Even thinking about how should we even think about these moments when it's a bad session. It's just good to be able to remind ourselves this is why they are here. They are here because they keep getting to these moments and it doesn't go well. They get stuck or they get overwhelmed or it brings up past places where it hasn't went so well to be open to this kind of vulnerability, either in themselves or being on the other end of another person. So being able to, in the way, how should I think? I should say, this makes sense. It's kind of like the metaphor of the story you've used a couple of times. Like Ryan goes to the doctor a lot. <laughs> Uh, he, he, I think you are friends with some orthopedists here in town. Unfortunately. Right? Yes, it is. And, but, you know, when Ryan shows up, the orthopedic, uh, you know, orthopedic doctor is not saying here like, man, I bet Ryan's here today because all of his joints and bones are feeling really great. He's here because he's hurting. They're already, they're not like when Ryan comes in like, hey, doc, my knee's hurting. Like, oh, Ryan, I'm so disappointed in you. How could your knee be hurting? He's like, this is what you're here for. So just being able to say, oh, this thing that just happened today, this is what they're here for. This is the moment. This is why they, this is why they came to me as a professional. This isn't why, you know, they're just at the barber shop or wherever trying to get this fixed. Like maybe they had that kind of, and it didn't work. Now they're at the professional now. Absolutely. That's very well said. When, when someone goes out of control, when the cycle takes over, when a block wins, they're actually showing you their leading edge. They're saying, this is as far as I've gotten to right now, and right here is where I need you. And, and that's so, it takes a while as a therapist to go, I didn't mess up. I'm not a bad therapist. It's like that's where they're stuck. So with that, I'm, I want to come back and share why this is one of the biggest shifts in my career. 
But before I do that, we'll take a quick break. We just want to take a minute and thank you for being a part of the Leading Edge podcast. We are really inspired and grateful when we hear from you in trainings or through social media about how this content is truly helping you push the leading edge of your learning and being able to apply emotionally focused couples therapy with your clients and some of you also in your own personal lives. And so at this moment, we just want to ask you to consider helping us out. Yeah, James, I appreciate you saying that. When we first started this, uh, we had no idea it would take off like it has. We get contacts from all over the world. So it's really cool to think that we're coming through your speakers and into your devices or however you listen to us. And, uh, we appreciate that. It's really an honor. And like James is saying, we want to ask you to consider helping us make this sustainable. We've gone back and forth on how we want to handle money or, or if we want to involve that. But the reality is to make this sustainable, uh, we do need to do some things and make some investments. So we have a Venmo account. We would love to ask you to consider partnering with us and joining us to, to make this sustainable, to take this to other people who are trying to help others around the world and even the next generation of therapists. So you want to talk about how they can do that? Yeah, if you want to be a part and you can, to support us, you can go to on Venmo at LPC or on Cash App LPC with a dollar sign in the front. And in the subject line, just to help us know that you're a leading edge listener and you want to support us, please put leading edge or Here's a fun one we're doing with playing with Ryan. Put left in the comment line because you are part of the leading edge and emotionally focused therapy. There you go. So at Doc Hawk LPC. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. And I want to say one thing really, really quickly, you know, uh, depending on where you are in life, if you're living check to check, if, if money is tight for you and or if you're somewhere and you're really serving an underserved population, please do not give us money. We do not want your money. We won't take it. We'll send it back somehow uh, because that's not what this is about. But if you're at a place where you're doing okay or maybe even doing really well and uh, ideas from this podcast, if you use them professionally for which you re uh, receive fees for your services, consider partnering with us. We've had people who've donated $300 or $50, whatever it is for you. We trust that uh, our listeners are going to make the best decision for them. We just want to make this available for you. You're welcome to continue joining us if you don't give. Yeah, so uh, in terms of the shift for me in my career, welcome back, by the way. Um, for me, and, and this is me speaking, this doesn't necessarily apply to anybody else. When I think about pressure, I think about performance and production. Okay, so I actually feel a lot more pressure at this stage in the game for me with a with a couple who really, really is motivated, is sort of stuck, but is motivated. I feel a certain amount of pressure to produce. Okay, I'm not saying that's a good thing. That this may be a confession for me. I may be trying to control outcomes instead of process, like we talk about all the time. But the fact is, if a couple really wants it, I feel some pressure to like, let's see if we can find a way to make this happen. But honestly, as a, a, an old phrase we say in the Southern US here, if a session goes to hell in a handbasket, I learn to relax. Because mm. I'm like, oh, I don't have to produce anything today. All I've got to do is organize this thing. 
right? And my body relaxes. So when a session comes in and they're really, really protected and the cycle just like rips into my office, I actually can feel my gut kind of just relax. Like, okay, now all I got to do is join them where they are and see if I can organize and make some sense of what is going on. I don't have to try to change it. And in doing that, my body's learned to relax. Early in my career is the opposite. When something was going bad, I would start to feel panicked. And uh, what we're hoping to give you on these two uh, episodes together are some plans which can help you out of that place. Yeah. And what I want to say on that one real quick, Ryan, which when you said that, like, what we're hoping here on the leading edge, it really is a service to you all. And I mean, we benefit too by putting, this makes me and Ryan get sharper as we think about these episodes. But what we want to be able to give you is sharing our experience and the experience of people we supervise, our team of people we work with and people who have mentored us. So that way, not in a way like I've heard some listeners say, Ryan, like, you know, man, I listen to you and Ryan, you know, a lot on the way to work between sessions. And I just start feeling so bad because it's like I feel like I'm not doing that thing. But what we're trying to give you is not something to point out where you're getting it wrong. <laughs> we're telling you areas where we struggle. And what it is is to be able to do just what you saw, Ryan. I wish you could with some of you. We are trying to record now that you'll get to see Ryan relaxed because what he's saying is, is. I've got a frame for this now. I know how to think about this. And Ryan added one in there. We talked about what you think, what you say, and how you end, but also what you do. And this is the funny part. It feels counterintuitive. What do you do? Slow down. Relax. I know that's hard. That's easier said than done. But Ryan's like, wait, let me slow it down. I don't. This part of me wants to jump in and fix it. So I just wanted to jump in with that piece for you as the leading edge listeners. We're giving this to you so that way, even though you might go back and think about what happened in the past and where you didn't do some of these things, it's more to empower you for the next session. This today or next week, next month or next year. Well said. And so, so moving on here to kind of what you do, you know, what I do is I make a sound. <laughs> I make a crazy sound, honestly. If someone says something horribly rude in my office, like, what's well, because you're an idiot, you know, or something just like awful to their partner and the other partner bounces back, it won't take long for me and, and whoever's office is next to mine over here, they're going to hear me go, woo! And, and, you know, they just both stop and look at me. And I'm like, man, man, woo, gosh, tough day, huh? Tough day. Cycle's got us right now. That cycle took us over. I wonder if y'all can take a deep breath. Okay. And if they can, we'll start organizing the cycle. I'm looking for vivid triggers, which most EFT therapists try to do this model without. And I've learned the hard way I shouldn't. That's a sidebar. Um, sometimes they won't though. And then we move back towards what we call terror. And at that point, I'm going to take control. That's the first part of that acronym. We can talk more about this later. I'm going to take control of the session so the cycle doesn't. And I'll do things like, hang on, hang on. I need you for a few minutes to not talk to each other. I need you to talk to me, which is the opposite of really where we want to go with the EFT, which again, I can relax. I don't have to push them through depth and vulnerability, at least not for some time. Talk to me, get control of the session, start blaming that cycle. See if I can find a way to connect. And this is review now because what you're just saying is this is all path one. 
This is a path one session, right? Path two was open and vulnerable, unprotected. We're on mission. Path one is just any form of reactive protection, whether it's withdrawal moves or, or pursuer moves. The longer I do this, it's really the same thing. Those are both just strategies to keep vulnerability at bay and to keep from getting hurt. So all the moves that come with that, we want to CPR blocks. We want to make sure we're matching protection and really, really organize. You know, this is a little bit of an extreme example, but one of my favorite movies is Flight. I'm a big Denzel fan, and uh, he has a plane crash, and half the movie is the FF, the FAA. What does that stand for? Federal Aviation? Whatever. Uh, they're reconstructing what happened, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. I make a big noise. I try to keep them from killing each other. I got to get it contained. And then I'm just organizing this. I'm using temp or affect assembly to look at how the, the plane just wrecked. Yeah, right. I'm not trying to make the plane take off again. That's what I'd feel pressure to do. I'm just trying to put together what happened and, and how this went bad. I'd love to catch a live trigger. That would be ideal. Yeah, Ryan. And so as we get ready to go take a break, I do want to hear that part. Like, so you kind of, it feels like maybe you're going into what is the things that we begin to say in these moments? So we want to get a little bit more clear on that. Hey, I want to put a quick plug in for ICEFT. You may or may not be familiar with that organization, but ICEFT is the International Center for Excellence in Emotionally Focused Therapy. It's kind of our parent organization or the mothership, as we might say. This is Sue Johnson and her wonderful team of trainers, administrators, who have been working since the mid 80s to bring about, um, sustain and advanced everything EFT around the world. As we say at our trainings, if you're just on a first date with EFT or just sort of uh, somewhat involved, maybe not. But if you really love EFT or EFT is your home, you should consider joining ICEF as an organization. That's the organization that organizes our trainings. Uh, it's a great website, ICEF.com. Their research page alone is worth a visit. You can keep up with what's going on all around the world. If there's a core skills in New Zealand, it'll be on that website. It's a great opportunity to hear about our specialty trainings, addiction, uh, infidelity, um, EFIT, working with individuals. So consider checking out ICEF.com and maybe joining uh, the International Center for Excellence in Emotionally Focused Therapy. Yeah, so we've been talking about what do you think? What are some of the things you do? Now, it's really important in these moments. I think what happens to us as therapists sometimes, Ryan, is it hits our attachment system and we lose our words. So maybe we can help our, our listeners by beginning to try and share some of our words on what to say in these moments. So you were just as you were before we went to break, you began to talk about going into temp or tempo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, vivid trigger. If I can catch a live trigger or even if I have to hypothetically place what is, what just what has happened, maybe a couple got in a fight on the way here or last night and they've not repaired. So they're just continuing the cycle in my office. I got to find how it started. Maybe. Um, for sure, we want to put the elements together, though, the same way you want to put the pieces of a, of a plane that's crashed back together. Um, and, and really an emphasis on protection. Let's be clear. That's, that's what kills relationships. It's self-protection. Self-protection is, self is totally sane. We all do it. 
Healthy relationships can do it flexibly. Unhealthy relationships do it rigidly. Rigid protection will end a relationship, whether it's formally or informally. Uh, a relationship cannot survive on too much rigid protection. So I, when it's going poorly, I want to make sure I'm going up and working with their protection. I want to honor it. I want to validate it. I want to like match it. I want to be really intense. I almost want to exhaust it. And that's what I would not have done my first several years is I would like try to run away from it mm -hmm. to try to make the protection stop. The more you move away from protection, typically the increases when you move towards it, when you allow the protection to meet its function, sometimes they'll set it down. So even though I've kind of given myself the, the hour off almost in terms of pressure, I want to keep my eye open because sometimes our interventions work. Isn't that amazing? And in that event, we may go on mission. The second half of a session that started off really poorly. We've done, a, we've done an episode on this one. I love to repetitively reflect an attachment dilemma. You don't have a good move. You don't have a good move. You say something, make it worse. If you just try to busy yourself, you're not going to have any connection. You try to be quiet, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Like repeat, repeating that, that would be a pursuer. Three, four, five, six times, very counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, it's the very best thing I can do. You want to add to that or keep going? Well, I like that. So even when we think about and I hope I'm in the right vein, like we're still talking about what we say, right? And so once again, you know, maybe we didn't even say clearly what it means by a bad day, but it's just they just don't have that ability to bond. We've talked about ditch enactments. Path two, the ruts and path two are really deep and it's getting bogged down. So what do we say? I'm kind of still aligned from one of our friends, um, Lisa Palmer Olson. And uh, Lisa said this in the course skills and it stuck with me. She said, you know, when that happened in that moment, you know, kind of like, what did you notice in you? And say that out loud. That's the most attuned part of you. So going to when Ryan said that, woo, which is a really smart intervention, by the way, because at least that noise shocks their system. But then you could say, man, that cycle is rough. It came in here right now. Even right in this moment, it blocked your best efforts. And that was, and it's just too difficult. It was hard. And I see how that even hurts for you in this moment. And I felt how it, even this session today, it was rough. And I even feel the pain in my body. And I imagine that's what you two go through all the time, which is why you're here with me. So once again, I mean, this is something I'm taking from Ryan. You know, this is what we're here for, you guys. I know it was rough today, but thank you for letting me see this. And we're going to come back at it again next time. Good. That's kind of some of my words. Yeah. And then just last thing for me, kind of being a little bit short on time here, is discerning, is this working on attachment or detachment or detachment. And that's a future podcast episode for sure. Looking at detachment, you know, I, I love some of what Sue does with, with studying detachment because detachment is a part of attachment. They're opposite halves of the same coin. And I think as a younger therapist, um, I would have been petrified for a relationship in talking about marriage here to decide to divorce in my office. And now not so much. And I have people that I train like, yeah, but I'm, I'm pro marriage. I'm like, yeah, I, I would say I am too, but I'm, I'm pro people doing what they got to do. And ultimately I'm trying to help them become more clear and secure in what the choice they're going to make. Cause it is their life. And so, you know, if someone is banging my door down, open it, 
you know, if they're just like, I'm leaning out so heavily, I don't want to be the one keeping them there. And so most of the time when you are okay with saying maybe there maybe it's just been too much and you can't do anymore, the vast majority of the time your clients lean back in from that place of freedom. But even if they do lean out, it's like, okay, I become a clarifier. And that was Gail's biggest comment to me back in that original consultation. It changed my career. Thanks, Gail. She's just like, look, if it gets that bad, you're no longer a bond facilitator. Now you're just a clarifier. Just clarify what just happened. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can't always, I'm not a miracle worker, but I can clarify anything. Show me any two people who are having a huge fight. I'm decent enough at, at helping it get more clear. Then that's your job. Once you get it clear, you know, as you're getting it clear, try to do so in a way that's honoring. I don't want to be make it clear as well that happened because you're a jerk. Okay, not so much that. But from an attachment lens, be an attachment clarifier. And if you do that, that's a great job. The only thing I will add is I want to grieve with them. You need to grieve with them. Because, you know, this sucks. Hold, hold the sense of the hopes they had for the relationship. Hold how painful it is for them to be going through this. And just tell them, I know this is so hard, guys. I'm so sorry. This is not how it's supposed to be in your relationship. This is not what you were hoping to get when you came here. And I want you to know this I hurt with you. That alone, sometimes people will start to regulate just to be like, Okay, thank you. That's the one. Yeah. I want to catch what y'all just caught Ryan did. I, like I gave you words earlier, but catch what Ryan's tone did right there. He held the pain with him. And sometimes that's what our clients need us to do. You know, I've done it, I'm sure. And it just reminds me of a supervision session I had a while back where it was a bad session and the therapist so badly wanted to rescue it and they couldn't grieve and they just kind of kept the speed going of trying to fix even as it was time to land the plane. But did you catch once again what Ryan did? He held the pain by, he slowed down. He went and kind of almost, it could feel like that funeral dirge. And it could feel like this counterintuitive because a part of your energy wants to pick them back up before they walk out your, your session or before they click leave the meeting. But catch what Ryan did, at least what he did is someone was a witness to how hard this is. Good, good. So how do we end? Yeah. Yeah. So I think a kind of kind of saying the same thing again here, but I think it bears repeating. All right, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put James on the test here. You ready? If you mess this up, man, we're gonna have to re record this whole episode. I'm so. nervous. I feel a little <laughs> but I'm relaxed, so I think I can handle it. Okay. So we have a couple this is not an EFT question, so that's why I'm I'm off track here. I love it. But we, we have a both the offices that he and I work in are connected by a bike trail. That's like 40 something miles long. All right. So let's imagine that you and I actually take the time to go out and jog together, which has never happened. We should probably do that. Yeah. Maybe not. I'll be back in the orthopedics office anyway. So segues, we talk about injuries a lot on this show. Can you tell we're getting old <laughs> anyway? So let's, we're out jogging. We move towards the university of Arkansas, which is exactly five miles from our office, by the way, random trivia. And, uh, let's say that I step off the side of it because I'm talking to you, which I probably would be. And I have a compound fracture. Ugh. I mean, like bones sticking out. It's not good. You're a medic, so you uh -huh. probably wouldn't panic as much. So I shouldn't have even asked James this. Anyway, so you get an, if you're like, I can't fix this. You get an ambulance, 911. 
they load me up in the in the one of those gurneys probably not even long enough for me but anyway i'm in the gurney you get in the ambulance with me and we make eye contact and my bone's sticking out what are you gonna say oh (laughs) (laughs) what am i gonna yeah this if i'm being honest you put me on the spot there's gonna be a quick part of me that wants to reassure ryan it's gonna be okay all right all right okay all right and that's good that's good i'm with you that's I've, good. I've actually had to do that one before. All right. So maybe your couples need to hear that in those moments. Uh, I think you're also, though, you know, if you see me like a tear comes down my oh, eye, yeah. then, I'm gonna, then you're going to say what? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. This sucks. I didn't I mean to go on a jog with you to break your leg and go through 14 weeks of recovery. I am so sorry. Dude, this sucks. I'm so sorry. Guys, that's part of how you end a session that goes bad. I'm so sorry. Just, just be sorry with people. You don't always have to have the answer. We're not the answer fairy. It's not our job to cheer people up. When you're really, really hurting and someone produces too much positive energy, all it does is make you feel worse. So grieve with them again as you end the session. I'm so sorry, guys. This is not how it's supposed to be. Today, the cycle won. That's really what we do in here every session is we fight the cycle together hoping that you guys at home can learn to unwire the bomb that is your cycle without me. But sometimes it's hard, and today the cycle won, and I want you to know I'm really, really sorry. Mm -hmm. There's number one for me. I'll just run through mine real quick, and then you tell me. Number two, I want you to know something else. I am sorry. I do hurt. I want you to know we're not lost. So here's the positive for me. Personally, I don't do the whole, we're going to fix this. We're going to make it better. Like, I... I can't guarantee that. I don't live with them. Um, even but, look at what your energy did right there. You went yeah. to like this kind of like pep talk voice. <laughs> yeah, which is just really misattuned with someone who's hurting. So, But what I do say that has a positive edge to it is to say, I want you to know something as bad as it is today. We're not lost. I know exactly where you are. This is a very common place on the map to get stuck. This is a very common place that's difficult on the map. I've been here many times before. The cycle has you set up to miss each other. So I know where we are. So if you, point three, if you want to come back, I'm never going to quit on you all. I don't do that. So as long as you want to come in here and fight for this relationship, I'm fighting right there with you. So we'll do this together. That making sense? Mm-hmm. And that's really how I end. Mm. And, and then they're like, see you next week. And, and sometimes clients look at me like, that's it? You have a PhD and, and that's how you're going to leave us? And, and what I've learned over the years, last point for me here, <clears throat> is that sometimes really, really helpful for them because empowerment can come in different forms. Mm. But one of the ways that empowerment comes in is through urgency. And when I grieve with them and I say, I do know where you are on the map, I've also said, I'm not going to fix this for you. I can fix this alongside you, but end of the day, you are responsible for your own relationship. And I am in fact only responsible for the process, not the outcome. So I find sometimes that after a bad session is often one of the best weeks for the relationship because the sense of urgency hits them and, and then they get empowered to be like, hang on, we got to do better than this, or I don't want to lose this. And I'm like, that's good. And if I take too much of the burden or outwork them, 
because I have an agenda, then I have actually prevented them from developing the strength of pushing back on the pain of this cycle. So that's how I like to think about a bad session. What, yep. how, what would you add to that, James? Same one. And I might remind them of the attachment frame again. This is something I do to organize for me. And it's, hey, once again, as you guys know, as you've been working with me, what we're always trying to work towards is being able to send clear signals of what's going on in our world or what our needs are. And we're, uh, you know, and what we also hope that happens in these relationships is that we're able to be open and to respond to our partner. But today, something happened. What I would do is I'd be specific. It was a little bit hard to send this signal out. And if they let me know why, and this is what came up that kind of blocked that signal. Because a part of you said to here today, I'm just a little bit too scared to send that signal out because I'm not quite sure what might happen. So you kind of went to this place of protection because it felt a little bit safer. And at least you let us see that. So thank you once again. You know, and we got to slow it down and make it a little bit more clear. It still hurts. Don't get me wrong. It still sucks and it hurts. But at least you two are able to see it a little bit more clearly, hopefully. Maybe, maybe not. Or even for the partner who was responding. There's a part of you that you want to get. You want things to change because you're here, right? You know, but there was a part of you that in this moment today, it was a little bit hard to take this in because it felt like if I take that in, it feels like I'm going to be validating this other thing that doesn't quite make sense for me. And so that kind of blocked your ability to respond to what your partner was saying. It doesn't mean either one of you are bad. What really we're up against is trying to break out of that cycle that keeps you two apart and keeps frustrating even sometimes the efforts you're trying to make. So, and next time we pick up, we're gonna just see, you know, maybe it might be in the same place. Or maybe there's a new spot, but we're going to come right back to this work again. That's a little bit of my frame. I like it. Just in summary, I think the the leading edge in a bad session is one, having a plan and to where you're okay being a clarifier and you can drop pressure off yourself. And that's one. And then I think the second one, just what James said, it's pretty hard to do actually is in my summary. So f move five of the tango, if you're familiar with that metaphor um, or that mini model of EFT, can I show you why we're stuck without, without blaming you from an attachment lens? Can I show you in move five in my summary and you took a risk here and yet it was really, really hard to put out a clear signal because you, you've been in a really hard place. So, so there's both sadness and anger that comes forward. But of course your partner only catches this anger signal and then the cycle takes over. So summaries like that, that can give people really, really tactical review of what just happened and what went wrong can also be very grounding. I think that's sort of the highest level of what happens in a bad session. And you have to be willing to have bad sessions to help distress relationships. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com and you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.